Good morning, everybody. Well, today's Torah portion is entitled Nasso and is translated as Take Up. <clears throat> and it covers Numbers chapter 4, verse 21 through chapter 7, verse 89. Moses is instructed by the Lord to conduct the census of the men who were between the ages of 30 and 50 years old from the Levitical families of Gershon and Merari, along with the Kohatites, in order to perform service in the tabernacle in the tent of meeting. The men from Gershon were charged with the care of the outer tabernacle, including components such as the tent and its coverings, the screens, the doors, and the hangings. They were to transport them from place to place and then assist with setting up and breaking down the tent of meeting according to the instructions given by Adonai. Chapter 5 continues with what's called the sota, or a situation when a wife is suspected by her husband of being unfaithful, but there aren't any witnesses to corroborate this. These verses outline a solemn and unusual legal procedure that a woman underwent in order to establish her guilt or her innocence. The woman was to drink what scripture refers to as holy water while accepting a solemn and earnest appeal from the high priest stating that if in fact she was guilty, that the potion would cause her grim and visible injury. And this very unusual ritual was intended to remove suspicion of marital unfaithfulness from the midst of Israel. At the same time, it was also designed to provide significant protection to the innocent wife in case of untrue allegations on the part of the husband. The wisdom of this ceremony was that it took judgment out of the hands of possibly an unreasonable and jealous husband or even the hands of an angry and murderous mob, as frequently happens in Islamic countries, or even a potentially corrupt judge, and it put her fate squarely in the hands of a just and wise God. In fact, by means of this procedure, the wife is placed in a very direct and intimate relationship with the one true God who alone would have the final word. Chapter 6 begins by presenting the laws of the Nazarite. This was an individual who has, by means of a voluntary vow, taken on a special sacred status. For the period of this vow, the Nazarite could not have any contact with any dead body, not even that of his own parents, nor was he permitted to consume any product of the vine, such as wine or grapes or even grape juice, nor were they allowed to cut their hair. And Samson was an example of someone who... Um, had taken a Nazarite vow. The Nazarite restrictions were even greater than those of the Kohanim or the priests. For example, a priest was permitted contact with the dead if it concerned his immediate family. Also, while priests were prohibited from drinking alcohol while on duty in the sanctuary, it was permitted at other times and they certainly were not forbidden to consume other great products. Priests were also allowed to trim their hair but for the period of this vow, the Nazarite would not be permitted to do so. Now, I'd like to conclude with Numbers, the sixth chapter, verses 22 through 27, which describes the Aaronic blessing. And this is a blessing that has been voiced countless of times across thousands of years. To bless means to offer up something valuable or in abundance. Picture a beautiful fountain of water giving life to all. When we connect the idea of a blessing to a pool or a fountain, then we come to realize that God is the loving, overflowing, abundant source of life, fullness, and wholeness. For example, the prophet Jeremiah rebuked the Jewish people for having abandoned God, who had described himself as the fountain of living waters. 
Many people mistakenly believed that the God of the Old Testament was a vengeful, angry, uncaring God. But the blessing contained in the midst of the Torah shows how wrong this view is. On the contrary, Adonai is kind, and his intentions and love toward us and his creation is made obvious. He desires that each one of us be whole and complete in him. Now, a few thoughts on the, the text. I noticed that the minimum age for service in the tabernacle was 30, which is the same age at which Yeshua began his ministry. And I submit that we should be spiritually mature and ready to serve the Lord by the time we reach the age of 30. Now, that's not to say that you can't start at an earlier age or even at a later stage in life. But it would seem that according to Yeshua's example, 30 is the perfect age for full-time service to the Lord. Uh, when the Israelis left Egypt, they left with an abundance of gold, jewels, and other valuables. Adonai had blessed the children of Israel richly through the Egyptians, but he didn't really bless them just so that they, so that they could have a lot of stuff. He wanted them to use their resources to serve a much greater purpose, and that purpose being the worship of the creator of the universe. And it reminds me of what I've read in the book of Revelation. When we get to heaven, we will be rewarded with crowns for our faithfulness during our stay here on earth. But these crowns will not be given to us as a fashion statement or to compare who has the greatest collection of crowns. Instead, we're going to place these crowns at the feet of Messiah Yeshua in worship. Finally, the tabernacle was the most important article that the Israelis carried with them, and because this was the very place that Adonai chose to personally meet with them, he would manifest his presence there within the tent of meeting. How wonderful is the Lord our God, who has made it possible through Messiah Yeshua for the tent of meeting to now be within our very selves, and that at the deepest and most personal level, we can enjoy friendship and communion with the everlasting God. I trust that each one of you will discover the wholeness and completeness in our Lord and Redeemer, Yeshua the Messiah. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.